I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to The Brand is Female. I created this podcast so that powerful women would share their journey to unlocking their own potential, to empower others, and to inspire change. If you like today's show, as always, please subscribe, rate, and review on the app of your choice. This week, I'm taking you to the UK, and my guest is Haley Menzies, a London-based women's wear designer whose latest collection of powerful, eccentric knit and silk prints can be found at Harrods, Liberties, and an array of cool concept stores and e-com shops. A few years earlier, Haley's company was facing bankruptcy, and when sitting with her CFO, she pleaded for the chance to design just one more collection to see if she could turn things around. And boy, did she. Her latest collection for spring-summer 2019 has been seen on celebs around the world, picked up by leading retailers, and she's now expanding her Nutting Hell showroom, as well as her team, to meet the needs of her rapidly growing business. Here's my interview with Haley, which we recorded from her Nutting Hill showroom, located right next to a London tube station, which you'll hear a few times on the interview. Hi, I'm Haley Menzies, and I have a fashion brand. Haley, it's so great to meet you here in sunny and warm London, a rare occurrence. It is rare. <laughs> um, yeah, great to meet you too. And thank you so much for speaking to me on The Brand is Female. Um, I was just saying I discovered your brand on one of my recent trips to London and absolutely fell in love with the collection and looked you up uh, and saw everything that you had been up to and you have quite a, an interesting story. So before we get into mm-hmm. that, I want to go back to the beginning. Um, younger... Oh, a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> so younger Haley, tell me a little bit about growing up. Did you grow up in London or somewhere else? And what were your dreams and aspirations as a, as a younger girl? Okay, so I grew up in Somerset, which is the countryside. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's a few hours outside of London. And I grew up in a very rural sort of um, town, but I was in a village just outside of town, actually. It was like Thomas Hardy land, so very sort of rolling hills. Mm. And we had a little stream at the end of the garden. Uh, so I had a very sort of um, molly coddle, sort of wrapped in cotton wool, sort of growing up with not street smart at all. Mm, <laughs> right. know, were, my neighbours were sheep. Kind of thing. <laughs> um, well, those are good neighbours to have. Yeah, but, uh, you know, my parents are very, both very creative. Mm-hmm. My dad's uh, an artist and musician. And my, uh, my, he met my mum at uh, college many years ago when mm. she was training in, uh, to, to dance, actually. Wonderful. And she's also very creative. Mm. So the so creative was, genes definitely I was, Yeah, come from I grew there. up with a paintbrush or you mm. know, crayons in my hand. And, and often the way that I would persuade my parents, because they didn't have sort of, you know, lots and lots of money. So the way I would persuade them to buy me things, which they would often say no to, but I would then find a way around and I would make them. So I wanted some mm. pixie boots, which were really cool mm-hmm. back in the day. And I wanted them at Clark's pixie boots. And I, they told me no. Mm. So I made about 10, 15 pairs of paper pixie boots. <laughs> and I just, you know, and then they could see how much I wanted these pixie boots. Okay. And then I, yeah. I got, did get bought a pair. Oh, good. <laughs> so I was sort of very hands-on from a very young age. Um, uh, making things and I had a singer sewing machine as well uh, which I would sort of knock clothes together mm. with um, in my I, I can't remember how old I was around that time but anyway so fashion's always been something I've been very um, involved with at 18 I moved to London went to London College of Fashion mm-hmm. where I just got to, uh, 
where I studied design, fashion, styling, but I gave up after maybe three months. Okay. Reason being, London was way too exciting. There were far too many parties, <laughs> boys, <laughs> all the stuff that I shouldn't have been doing. I indulged in and had the best time ever. <laughs> so I gave up. Yeah, gave up London College of Fashion, and uh, I started modelling. Okay. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about that era in your in your journey. So how long did you model for? Yeah, I modeled for 10 years and I was very much sort of, you know, part of the London party scene. Mm-hmm. And actually, I sort of credit those years um, of probably indulgement and fun and, you know, being first and last on the dance floors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, I, I've got that kind of quite a free spirit. Right, right. And I think that that really comes across in my designs mm-hmm. now. And I design for women that, you know, have a lust for life and... Yeah sort of a, a, a great energy um, and thirst for excitement and mm-hmm. adventure. Mm-hmm. So. Which, which has been very much your personality a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you have any role models growing up or maybe later? Um, were there any women specifically who inspired you? Could have been men as well, but did you look up to someone in particular? I've never been somebody that's been group like a groupie or any, or had sort of... I never had posters on my wall as a kid. Mm-hmm. I fancied Luke Skywalker when I was about four from Star Wars, <laughs> but that's the only person I ever remember admiring. Mm. No, I was never that person. Mm-hmm. Um, my inspirations are very much, um, I think, from a feeling I get when I go out, and it's more an emotional mm. uh, kind of yeah in- inspiration process rather than... Yeah, rather than have, being not, a fangirl or yeah, something like that. I mean, obviously, I love the style of Kate Moss and Sienna Miller and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a, a handful of sort of, you know, cool sort of girls from the 90, yeah, 90s, 2000s. But no, not, no. Hmm. no yeah. and, and then I, you know, back, back in, you know, when you look back to sort of your Jane Birkins and um, BB, what's her name? BB, who was uh, Aerosmith. Oh yes, yes. yes. yes I know yes, you mean. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So all of those sort of, all of those kind of girls. Um, then you know, they, I definitely sort of admire their style, but it's mm-hmm. not like I. They were more like a source of inspiration. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So years of modeling, Parson in London, and then when did you make the jump to starting to actually design, or did that happen? A bit um, later? Well, actually, I then had a. Uh, brand called Foxy Shots, mm-hmm. so it's a party planning business. Okay. And a lot of the girls that were working with me for me at that time um, were, were models as well. And uh, I would be given a brief to design a costume, like so it could be a th- themed party. So mm-hmm. then I would go out and create these costumes either by making mm. them. I did one party actually for the Financial Times and it was their summer party. And I made dresses from newspapers. Oh, amazing. Yeah, and I think that that was my... The, the, the focus wasn't the styling, but that was the part of the business that I really enjoyed, was mm. the creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the recession kicked in, and actually after eight years of that business, so I closed the doors mm-hmm. and decided I wanted a life change. Okay. So. And <coughs> what, kind of, what kind of change were you looking for at that point? I had no idea. Mm. I really didn't have a clue. And um, I was you know, pretty well connected and a friend of mine had just bought a nightclub, a members club in Verbier, which is a ski mm. resort in Switzerland. Yes. And he was like, Hayley, come and do our reservations bookings from PR. So absolutely. And two days later, I, I left London and I moved to Verbier and uh, lived there for a few months and 
had just the best time and mm -hmm. it was a really sort of um I felt really free because I didn't have the sort of the pressure of having a business mm -hmm. I was on a salary for the first time ever mm, right um I love I got good at skiing I liked <laughs> being outdoors mm -hmm. uh it, and it was just that you know the networking was phenomenal and I just I, I had just probably the best few months ever mm. I look back on those days sort of really fondly mm -hmm. um and then after that time I then moved to uh Geneva and worked for Quintessentially which is a global concierge yes. company okay and I was okay. heading up there sort of um, PR and sales actually very different things but mm -hmm. you know it was a small team and uh, after, so when I left coincidentally, I then went back into the second ski season. And I was like, okay, I've got to really sort myself out here. I can't keep sort of dotting around, and I need I need focus. Mm -hmm. So I moved back to London, um, and then I went away and did a yoga teacher training course mm. in Thailand. So oh, wonderful! It'll be nine years ago in September, mm -hmm. thereabouts. And it was during that time I discovered some scarves at a local marketplace there. And they were very special, and I hadn't seen anything quite like them before. Mm. So I filled my case up. So I, I was away probably for two, two and a half months. I filled my case, and then I sold them within three days of being back in London. Wow. So I had taken the... Actually, I'd had the insight to take the, the contact details of the person I'd bought them from. Because mm. actually, I'd, I'd had a couple of trips to Thailand in the past and always found things. I've sort of yeah. got an eye for sort of what might sell. Mm -hmm. Um... So I, I sort of had it in my mind that I might find something, and this was meant to be my life sort of transitional trip mm -hmm. away, and it was apparent I wasn't going to be the most inspirational yoga teacher, yeah, so I was yeah. still on that sort of path of like, what? Okay, so I've, I've, I've qualified, that's great, but this isn't my calling in life, so mm -hmm. what should I do? And it happened to be these scarves, and it was just being in such an incredible headspace. Mm having just completed all of this, you know, this yoga training and meditation and everything, and, and I was really open for change. I was there for change. Mm, right. Um, so having sold these back, back to London, sold these scarves very quickly, reordered 50 more. Then I set up a stall in Portobello Road Market where um, yeah, I was doing that every Saturday for a year. Mm. And I would just keep selling out and reordering, and then a celebrity was spotted wearing one of my scarves and it was in the papers and then I took on PR and the rest was a sort of snowball mm, uh, effect. from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then I started my own production. Mm -hmm. So at that point I started taking fashion quite seriously right. or having a, doing something in fashion quite mm -hmm. seriously. So I then was sort of persuaded, well, it didn't take much, but convinced to start my own brand thinking, well, I've got something. Yeah. So uh, at, that, at that point, I thought, well, I'm going to start my own brand. And I went to India, and yeah, all of my productions now in Europe. Mm -hmm. But um, at the time, I was sort of in India and Thailand and having things made mm -hmm. and all over the place, having a whale of a time, mm -hmm. <laughs> sort of, you know, going away and traveling. And um, it was a really organic process initially. So I'd go to India, I'd go to the markets. There are some markets that, I mean, you can buy anything from a monkey to... Uh, <laughs> like a, a bronze pipe right the most to a, a car engine you know the most yeah, random everything. stuff and feather mm. trimmings and beads and everything mm -hmm. and I'd go on my own um to these markets for inspiration and I'd design a collection mm -hmm. within two weeks in India because I would just buy all these trimmings look at the um in the factory they've got the sort of catalogue of different fabrics mm -hmm. and I'd go through those and put this trimming with that and it was mm. a very sort of organic 
um, process. Mm -hmm. And it's very different to the way we design now because there's structure to what I have to do now. It's right. changed completely. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's how, that's how it was for many years. Mm. Yeah. And tell me about that move then from just being finding things that you were inspired by, putting them together, and then going to a more structured approach and planning your supply chain and uh. a more serious <laughs> approach. Did yeah. that happen overnight, or was no there way. very much no? It's been planning years, involved, years and years in the making, mm. and it's only been the last probably four years since I, three years even actually since I've started. My, my business model's changed and it's now very wholesale led, right. which yes. I know that, you know, wholesale's, um, it's an old fashioned way and everyone's working on their own retail, but I think in terms of mar a marketing perspective, mm -hmm. to uh, be represented sort of internationally in over a hundred stores mm -hmm. at present, that, you know, it's, it, it wouldn't be possible to have that kind of budget for marketing um, for my own, re just retail. my own retail, right. yeah. yeah. So it's sort of, that's my sort of strategy at the moment is to build the business, mm -hmm. the wholesale models, so we're sort of very much out there. Mm -hmm. And um, and then we're really starting to focus on our own retail now. Okay. Um, because we've seen sort of the figures really spike over the past few months. Mm -hmm. I think the collection, at, the collection at the moment, spring, summer 19, has been a really, a, bit, a big turning point. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, sort of web sales are sort of tripling to what they were sort of just a few months ago. And it's been, yeah, we, we were all sat around my living room table. There were four of us um, just, when was it? it sort of four, four months ago, there were mm. four of us from my kitchen table. Right. And now, I mean, there's only half the team here today that you've met, but uh, yeah, there are 12 of us now. So and that, that's all been the last four and a half months. Wow, that's So we're having impressive. like software and we're having... <laughs> tabletop computers arriving soon and mm. all, all of these sort of big changes and yeah <laughs> so and if we go back a little yeah. bit so tell me about the first kind of your first big break so the first time after you uh, the celebrity was spotted wearing a scarf yes. that you were selling in the market oh, well, then I started I, I literally went on a tangent so that that happened the celebrity then I started mm. making everything from bags which mm -hmm. I'll get back to you one day bags I was sort of making jewelry um, the dresses and it sort of rolled on like that for, for years, but it was, nothing really took off other than the, the initial product, the okay. scarves. And then I tried some knitwear, and then I did silk print, and we were in Liberty, actually, no, sorry, we were in um, Fortnum and Mason, and a couple of really great stores. But it was a silk scarf, and it, they were beautiful, but I think the market was very competitive. Yeah. So uh, I only lasted, I did that for two years okay. and then I closed that business up and now I've combined silk print. Right. With, yes. So all of that sort of side of my business, uh, my sort of uh, aesthetic has come back, but in a different form, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. uh, and that's really exciting because I always enjoyed that part, sort of the print design part. Yes. And um, nearly, nearly went bankrupt a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. uh, which was, it was a really sort of dark, horrible, horrible time. Uh, and then my big, so it's because I was doing too many things, that was it. So I was doing a million things and then I burnt out and uh, yeah, things weren't going so well. Moved out of a shop that I had on Portobello Road into the, into my kitchen, into my flat, mm -hmm, so around my mm -hmm. kitchen table, as I said. And then the big break happened when Liberties emailed me 
And I remember waking it was on my, I looked at it on my iPhone. I, I woke up one morning and just saw this email from Liberties and I kept blinking, thinking, Am I gonna wake up from this? I couldn't <laughs> believe it because I've been emailing them for years. And, and up to that point they they weren't no. carrying any of your pieces. Well I'm missing I'm missing a vital part out here. So the whole almost going bankrupt situation. Uh, I sat down with my CFO and was like, just give me I, I just want to have make one more collection, design mm. one more collection to see if I can really turn this around. Right. And I'm gonna block out all of the the noise from people saying, Oh, make grey things or black things or cream things or you know Yeah, yeah. Too make many things opinions. in these colours yeah. that are really commercial and you know, and I so I, I just yeah, stopped listening to all the opinions and I went wild and I, it was the most colourful, bold collection I, I, I made, I created, and that's when Liberties Finally, finally called and finally, said yeah, we want to exactly. see it exactly and then they bought they loved it they bought the collection and we Fantastic. continue to work with them now and um, we're one of the sort of better selling brands in our department oh great same as in Harrods mm-hmm. one of the best um, selling brands in our department and actually exciting we've got a meeting with Bergdorf Gibbon on Monday oh fantastic yes. congratulations <laughs> fingers crossed yes <laughs> so yeah. And that was all from that collection spring and summer yeah, 19, so yeah. and it kind of snowballed. Well, so, so spring summer 80, it was last summer okay. that, that, yeah, that we launched in Liberties. Yeah. And then it's just been a, you know, from there, it's just been a snowball effect. So the last 12 months. Okay. Um, but especially this collection now, the spring summer 19, is when we've really, sort of, mm-hmm. sort of our own retail business has really picked up. Right. We've got a proven track record now with our yes. buyers because the sell-through has been so strong. There's been right. several reorders this season. Um, so now is the real sort of, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, pinch me moments every every sort of week or two. So, yeah. And up to this point, what would you say was the hardest part about building your own business? And you've described many of the challenges that you yeah. faced over time. What was maybe the most difficult thing you had to do? Hmm, there's been so many. Um, <laughs> uh, sort of follow my intuition. Hmm. Uh, look at things sometimes objectively and not emotionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the biggest, the biggest, the biggest. I think it's just having a belief in, in yourself mm-hmm. It's the biggest, because mm-hmm. actually as soon as I did that, everything was okay. Right. But it takes guts to do that, because yes. especially when there's so much noise in the background. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, did you at any point face any challenges around being a woman business leader? Oh, yeah. With a bunch of men <laughs> telling you, you don't yeah, know what you're doing, or this is how you should run your business? It was, you know, Gavin, my CFO, he's amazing. I mean, I definitely wear the trousers. He's only, <laughs> he, he's only got a few percent shirts anyway. But um, <laughs> but he really, respect. I've known him for 18, 19 years. He helped right. me set up my first business, actually. So we go way back. Okay. Um, but, yeah, there have been some really horrible guys. I've got to, be, I've got to say, mm-hmm. we're an all-woman team, an all-girl team, apart from Gavin, our CFO. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, working with different factories in India. Mm. Um and in Bulgaria, I had an awful experience with some some of the guys that own the factories. Right. They're really not pleasant. Right. Real bullies, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't like a strong woman. Right. Exactly. At all. Yeah. And I just I, I think yeah. It sort of really winds me up the wrong way. Mm. Um, and how how did you deal with that situation? 
cried, shouted, screamed. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good way to get through it. <laughs> no, oh, um, that usually works. <laughs> no, um, I'm a dog with a bone, and I do oh. not give up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think they actually, I, th- I think they had a lot of respect for me in the end. Okay. But it was just sort of really standing strong and firm. Mm-hmm. They wanted my business. I was, you know, it was mm. good business for them. Right. And I'm quite, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not ruthless, because I, I, everything has a process behind it. But if someone tries to mess me up, mm. I will not think twice about cutting them. Right. I just, I can walk away. I can cut something out and walk away. Right. And I, I, they knew that. So, so you I proved think they them soon, yeah. you were, you were going to be the boss and that wasn't going to change. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly that. Okay. Um, we've got a few questions that mm-hmm. are our signature Brennan's female questions that I ask all of my guests okay. on the show. And the first one is, if you could go back in time mm-hmm. uh, as far as you need, is there something you would do differently, something that you would change? It could be personal, professional. I, no, I think that all of my life experiences rolled together have been for this moment that I'm living now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really capable and I'm ready for the next challenges mm-hmm. and that's because I've had so many different experiences I've never been one to run away from a problem right. I dive straight in okay. <laughs> um, yeah so I don't think there's any I mean I might have changed a there might be the old fashion faux pas back in the day <laughs> I mean it's, on, on that sort of small point. silly little level yes. but no there's nothing that I would there are things I, you know, that I sort of cringe at, or I, you know, were really painful and awful at the time. Mm. But actually, no, it's, it's, you know, the scars are all part of my fabric mm-hmm. and what's made me, you know, who mm-hmm. I am today. So, yeah. Um, and actually, to go back for a second, I meant to ask you, where did the inspiration come from? So for this collection, specifically Spring Summer 18, that kind of started the the beginning of your amazing success. Yeah. Um, where, where did you draw the inspiration from? Spring, summer 18, I was in Paris. Um, so that I was, at the time, I must have been selling autumn, winter 17, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it was going really badly. Really badly. Um, so then my mind tends to wander and I'm on to the next thing. So right. I was like, oh, this is really rubbish. Everyone else is writing orders and I'm here twiddling my thumbs. And I was in premier class in Paris. So I went out for a cigarette. And there's this um, old carousel, a vintage carousel in the Tuileries. And I was just looking at, you know, I looked over at that and I thought, okay, that's beautiful. I'm going to do a collection with carousels and zebras and all sorts of this mm, is last, yeah. last um, summer's collection. And it was all born from probably slight frustration that I was at the show doing, you know, not writing much and, you know, not many orders. And then I wanted to do something magical and really enchanting and different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's where the And drawing from those patterns yeah, that really spoke yeah, yeah, to you. Yeah, exactly. You know, mm-hmm. I do lots of sort of little, very rough sketches and, um, yeah, I always sort of jot stuff down and have ideas all of the time. Mm-hmm. But there's no exact sort of... Things always develop. I start with one right. idea and then they snowball into something. Yeah. Like last season, snowballs into something completely different, but so much better than what I thought it was going to turn out. Mm-hmm. And actually, this <laughs> can't show, well, you Ooh. can't see anyway. Anyway, but <laughs> spring, summer twenty, oh, which yes. we've just started selling now. Okay. It's just a development again, 
Um, sorry, guys, you can't see this. <laughs> <laughs> but we're looking at something really yeah. beautiful. And I see some of the some patterns that are slightly similar to the original collection from yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But kind I of want to keep that. The, it needs to, you know, evolving. Got our, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's an evolution. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's an exciting time. And so back to um, my signature questions. If you project yourself in time, so we fast forward 10, 15 years from now, mm. looking back over the period we're in now, mm-hmm. what's the one thing you'll be the most proud of? What, in 10 years' time from now? Yeah, 10 or 15 years, if you're looking back, what do you think would will make I'm you the most, most proud? proud. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, that's a really hard question. Maybe uh, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> no, but you know what? Because there are so many things I wanted. I wanted to do active wear. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, oh, I, I come from a yoga background. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. it just and I think my prints lend themselves so well. Oh, to I'd love imagine. to see an active yeah. wear line. Yeah, an active. I think Liberties have already said they buy it. They're launching <laughs> an active wear brand, um, lines uh, uh, department soon. Okay. So active wear, home wear. I've rehabbed mm. the sofas we're sitting on now. Yeah. These are upholstered in my prints. Yeah. I can just see a whole sort of Hayley Mentor's lifestyle yes. of sort of bold eclectic prints. Mm-hmm. Um, so how would I sell those? I'd like to think that I'll have a couple of flagship stores, mm-hmm. uh, more for giving people a real feel for the brand when they walk in. To live the brand experience. Yes, exactly that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to have sort of, uh, I'd like to really work on our distribution. So if we work on our e-com as well, mm-hmm. there's much... Uh, We'd have warehouses all over the world, right. so we could actually really focus on good e-com in our key territories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so that's from a business perspective. But then, yeah, having a couple of flagships and the lines for um, the homeware, activewear, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe some bags again one day. Mm. I loved doing bags. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then maybe I'll be married or I'll have a boyfriend. That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great plan. Yeah, and a few cats. And it, yeah, oh, yes, <laughs> or one or the other is. Yeah, you, you, you can pick and choose between the cats or the husband, <laughs> or a husband who likes cats. Yeah, yeah exactly. Perfect. Uh, now that's the dream. <laughs> best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah. Um, and tell me about your definition of success. And if I had asked you the same question five, ten years ago, would the answer have been different? Oh, five, ten years ago, I am living it right now. This would have, you know, the fact that I live in Liberty's Harrods, I've got a meeting with Bergs or Goodman, mm-hmm. but your goals just keep changing. Yeah. Well, mine do. They keep changing and changing. Even when I've got those two flagship, two or three flagship stores and distribution all over the world, and there's a Haley at home range and an active wear, and, you know, I'll probably want so much more again. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um when you're creative you just want to keep creating right and it's really my you know it's what keeps me sort of you know it's what what makes me tick every day mm-hmm. so success for you is being able to create to your heart's content yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then to see people wearing it yeah having an audience yeah right. mm-hmm. yeah um what do you wish women would do more of follow their heart and uh got so many friends that are in careers that they sort of you know they're, they're making probably more money than I am but they mm. oh Haley, I'd love to do this or I'd like just just you know just follow your heart and your dreams yeah sounds so uh, but um <laughs> but it's true self-belief 
you know, really believe that you can. And yeah, it's a woman's world. We can make life into we 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 can do what we want to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we really yeah. can. Yeah, and that's changed from yeah. 20, 30 years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Is there a book that you read at some point that marked your life and maybe a book that you find yourself going back to over and over again? No, but I do read a lot of... I love reading and I'm, I've got the worst memory though. I, so on Netflix, I, I watch all the documentaries. I love watching documentaries about mm-hmm. other designers and yeah. behind the scenes. And actually, I went to a talk, to a talk this morning. Um, so this is all sort of linked in a way to what you've asked me. But I, I was a talk at... Little House in Mayfair mm-hmm. with the creative director of Philosophy. Oh, yeah. And he was incredible. I loved him. I really, really enjoyed that. So I just like read. Oh, I get really teary when I watch people's success stories. Mm. I, yeah, do I do because too. I know how. I, like, I, I welled up today yeah. listening to this guy's story and I thought, oh, God, I'm such a. But I get really. They really do something they really move mm, me right. watching these sort of documentaries or reading these kind of books because you just know what grit and determination mm-hmm. it takes to really succeed yeah and follow and your so passion it's, it's, yeah absolutely so mm. it, it's it's those kind of books so i've i've read i, I mean i've just bought this for the for the shoe dog one actually which yeah. i can't wait to get yeah. stuck into mm-hmm. um so there's, yeah, I don't, yeah, I can't think of one particular book. I think Champagne Supernovas I adored, actually. Mm, okay. Champagne, and it's the, um, it was the whole uh, Kate Moss, Mark Jacobs and the Queen. Yep. And mm-hmm. it's their sort of, you know, living the 90s. Mm. And, so it's not so much an inspiration. Well, it was actually, it did, it, it did inspire me, but yeah. That, that's the book that I would always recommend people read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you lead a busy life um, now running the business and having yes. it move from your kitchen table yeah. to yeah. having a, a headquarter here yeah. um, and obviously creating the next lines and meeting with buyers. Mm-hmm. Um, what keeps you grounded? What do you need to do on a daily basis or on a weekly basis to find balance yeah, in your life? Yeah, yoga. Yoga in the gym. Okay. I absolutely have to. I mm. really... Yeah, I lose my shit <laughs> when I don't do. I, I need that balance just yeah. to, yeah, let off steam. Um, I like to eat healthily. There's there are just lots of things that I have. I know mm. how to manage myself, and I've right. got different tools that I can sort of, you know, um, reach for when I feel mm. uh, that things are too hectic. But actually, I think looking after yourself is absolutely top priority mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. me there's no business here yeah obviously. so actually I, I, and you know I can really run myself into the ground and I could come here and must create must create and I'm just not in, you know I can't mm-hmm. find that inspiration sometimes mm-hmm. and it's the worst thing mm-hmm. when you just you're not inspired and you can't create mm-hmm. so then you just got to take yourself off so I, I often go to yoga retreats actually right. I probably go to three yoga retreats um, a year mm-hmm. Are they local or do you go no, back no, to Thailand? I, off, I, off I go. So I was in Morocco in November last year. Then I was in Goa in January. And there's an annual one. Uh, there's a place I go annually around Easter time in Spain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I, I just like sort of immersing myself into mm-hmm. a much quieter, sort of a very still space. Yeah. And I love being surrounded by nature, probably mm-hmm. because I grew up surrounded by, by nature. nature. And it's yeah. my quiet place. Yeah. And I really, I love nature and animals. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So you, that's quite apparent with the with the collection yes, as well. Yes, so many animals, which yeah. I absolutely love in your yeah, designs. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. you very much, and I read somewhere that you know you had this shop at on Portobello Road, mm. and, and that's very much I think where you've been living for the for the past years. Yeah. Um. So tell me a bit about you know a, a day in the life of Haley. What are some of your favorite spots? Where um, do you find yourself going? The market London? on a Friday mm -hmm. without. A shadow of a doubt. If I could be anywhere in London on a mon on, on a Friday morning, mm -hmm. it would be Portobello Road Market. Mm -hmm. uh, nothing excites me more than finding an incredible vintage piece. No, oh, yeah. I act. I get so much satisfaction from that. <laughs> um, then I might go for a juice. I'll probably go to the gym or do a yoga class. Um, I love a massage. I, I always mm. have a course of mass, Thai massages mm -hmm. on the go, so I try and do that once every couple of weeks. Um, dinner with friends, and I, I always go to the Soho houses purely because they're local to me. Mm -hmm, right. You know, I'm quite lazy. I don't leave Notting Hill. And to finish, what would be your advice to a young woman who's thinking about starting her own line and being a fashion designer? It's really strange because I didn't plan this. Mm -hmm. It happened by accident, right. so to speak. Uh, and I just went with it when it felt that it was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine sitting down and writing a business plan mm. to start a fashion brand. I, I Honestly, <laughs> I can't imagine yeah. it. So it would be really difficult to give advice from that perspective. Yeah, because it happened so organically for you. It happened so organically. Uh, Yeah, how would you know? How did I know that I had a product that I'd actually be able to fund and and and, and you know everything's? I don't have investment. Mm -hmm. It's all paid for itself somehow, and I, I wasn't ever bunged a load of money, and I haven't inherited any money. Or right. you know, my folks are really supportive, sure, but it's not like I've just been handed a load of cash and you know I, I've mm -hmm. started a business that way. So it, I can see how challenging it is for people that want to do that want to start a, a, a business, fashion brand, whatever. Um, I guess if I was to go into it now, then I probably would have to do it as a, as a business plan. Mm -hmm. But I'd say you need to have a, a really unique product. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, don't, do, don't try and do too much. Sort of really uh, focus on getting your signature, mm -hmm. a really strong signature piece. Mm -hmm. And... Just start slowly. Don't don't and do things step by step, mm -hmm. bite-sized chunks. Because right. I think you know, if I even thought about how, if someone asked me now, how did it all start and how did you even manage that, mm -hmm. I would have a huge freak out. Mm. But because it's all happened very gradually, yeah. um, I've managed to. Yeah, it, it's it's just been a natural process. And you grabbed opportunities yeah. as they came. It wasn't a direct line. It and you never be... know what's going to happen. And yeah. yeah, sure, you could write a business plan actually, but it's it's very unlikely that what you're planning yeah. out is actually going to happen. It's all going to change. So yeah. I think you just need to sort of be flexible mentally and uh, and uh, be very open and realize when it's time to stop doing something or realize when it's time to really roll with something mm -hmm. else that might present itself. So it's just being open and being adaptable. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, nimble, being flexible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's good advice. Mm -hmm. Do you mentor any uh, kind of younger designers or younger creators? I don't, but I would love to. Mm -hmm. I really, really would. Mm -hmm. It's something I've often said to the girls that I would really, I don't know how to get into it actually. Right. But um, 
And also, I hate public speaking. Like, it's something <laughs> I'm terrified of. I've even been on courses to try and get over that one. But um, I would love to mentor mm-hmm. some um, some young people. Mm-hmm. And, and that's definitely on... You know, it, it's something I would like to do. Mm-hmm. But I haven't done too much about finding out mm-hmm. how I would go about that. Because okay. I actually now... Fi- I feel that I've got something to, to offer right. now. Um Whereas perhaps it was something I thought I'd like to do before, but perhaps mm-hmm. didn't have the confidence. But now I really feel like I can actually help. Right. Through. And actually that made me think of something else. So you mentioned you don't like public speaking so much. And, <laughs> yeah. um, in the age of social media being so omnipresent, how do you manage your presence on social media and your brand? Oh, I'm presence? fine with that. So I could, you know, I'm really comfortable on camera, weirdly. Mm-hmm. From, probably from my modelling days right, and I yes. did a bit of TV presenting so it was just you know me and one other person or um, but to stand in front of a, of a room with a sea of faces you know hanging on to your every word mm. that's what terrifies me okay. but actually when I get into it I really enjoy it mm-hmm. but it would just be that sort of initial, that initial moment yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but in terms of you know being shot myself or being in front of the camera or doing little insta stories mm. i i love it yeah i really enjoy that side so yeah. social but i don't do it enough but, right yeah and social media for you is it something that um is it a just a natural extension of what you do around promoting the brand or how how do you approach it it's and an I, and unnatural I, extension <laughs> oh my god and a time-consuming one um, sure. But obviously it has to be done. Yeah. Uh, and I'd say so many of our sales come from, like organic sales are coming from, mm. from Instagram. So it's really necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're, yeah, we, we've actually got a, a girl starting on Monday who's going to be solely focused on um, digital marketing and PR. And that'll be the first time we've had someone in-house full-time mm-hmm. on this. Okay. Uh, so I'm really excited to see how that goes. But I'm happy being in the forefront. Mm-hmm. I'm not sort of shying away from anything, but... Yeah. And what advice do you have for, I, I think in the, you know, the age of social media, it can be hard to navigate for younger women. Like, thank God, I always say when I grew up and I was in college, there was no Facebook or Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, for younger women today, what would be your advice when they're trying to navigate that and all the pressure that comes with how you should look, how your life should look, what you should be sharing in terms of content? Yeah. I mean, we all want to look our best, don't we? Mm-hmm. That I don't take 20 pictures just to get a good one. Right. <laughs> and it's getting so much difficult as I'm getting older. Like, I have to, like, I, it's almost, I rejoice when I see one decent picture. <laughs> I'd probably have so much more content on my personal um, Instagram mm. if the pictures turned out okay. Um, so, what can I say? A- a- advice. Uh, it's fine to be imperfect. It, you know, people, I think. Nowadays, the, the, the accounts I really like, it, it is, it, they are when people are just natural in themselves. I can't bear stage runs. I can't bear pouting. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that crap. Mm. Let's just be, be real. Ourselves, yeah. You know, yeah, look great yeah, or whatever, but be that. yourself. And um, yeah, let your own sort of spirit and character shine through. Mm-hmm. Don't, you don't have to stick your ass out and pout and I don't know and wear the the latest trend or just be true to yourself mm. because actually that's when you're already going to shine and succeed. Yeah. yeah. Not when you're trying to sort of fit yourself into a, or or become somebody different. Yeah. 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 And a lot, you know, I think a lot of these girls when you're trying to fit into a certain aesthetic, you end up looking 
like the girl yeah, next door and it, there's no individuality there's no mm. individuality so i just think you just need to shine and mm. and, and really just let your own essence and your own character. voice yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. that's good as well <laughs> well those were my questions thank you so much Haley. it was thank great you so meeting you after falling in love with some oh, of your pieces thank you. and best of luck with all of the projects and the the, the new direction for the brand and the husband and the cats <laughs> you can do a follow-up interview in a couple oh, of years goodness. and see yeah. where you're at <laughs> very would love that thank you so oh, much thank you if you like today's show as always please subscribe rate and review i'm asking because it really makes a difference i'll be back in a week with a new guest. Thank you for listening to The Brand is Female.